Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I am delighted to be able to bring to you Dr. Linda Williams, an absolutely incredible lady who has taught me so much in such a short space of time. And I actually heard Linda a long time ago while I was traveling in Japan. And I remember hearing a story, and it actually resonated with me for so many different reasons. One, I just loved her authenticity, but secondly, it was her voice. Now, Linda has battled massively, and we speak about this in this episode, with her voice and her coming to terms with the way that she sounds. And I guess, if I'm being completely honest with you all, that's something that I've had to think about as well. So, I can try and articulate my words and try and sound clearer than I am, but sometimes I tend to mix them up. Sometimes I tend to just mumble jumbo my words but I just hope you get the main theme behind my message. However one of the things that I was surprised to find out especially when I was researching Linda because I really wanted her on the show was the amount of trauma that she's been through and this episode focuses not on just devastating trauma and adversity but it focuses on but it has a huge focus on how to overcome that and it also looks at tangible ways that we can really start to take control of our life and we also touched on forgiveness as well and forgiveness is something that hopefully by episode 100 if you're still with me is going to be one of the topics that I want to discuss so I'm going to stop rambling now I sincerely hope you find this useful and again everyone please don't forget to leave us a review it's massively helping the show and we are now starting to change the conversation okay so I would like to start by welcoming Linda onto today's show Linda, how are we doing today? I'm just fine, thank you. Excellent. So we've just had a very brief conversation just prior to starting the show and I've been very, very excited about having you on the show because when I first heard your story, I was actually traveling with the wife to Japan and there was a few points about your story that really resonated with me on a personal level. However, since then I dived into your story and I just couldn't believe the levels of trauma and adversity that you've had to overcome but that's the beautiful thing, you've overcome it. And now what's so beautiful, having read your story, which I'm now very excited for you to share with my listeners, is that you're now helping other people as well, turn their pain into power. So if you wouldn't mind, Linda, I know your story can't be put into a very short episode and there's probably so many facets to it, but maybe take your time, just tell us whatever you feel comfortable with in relation to some of the trials and tribulations you've been through and what kind of brings you to where you are today. Well, you know, that's war and peace, if I was to tell you all the stuck-on-stupid things that led me to this point. But I'm a survivor of rape, domestic violence, and I was married to a man for almost 17 years who, after we broke up, was arrested and convicted for rape. Apparently, things were coming out after, you know, for years after the divorce, and apparently he was doing that while he was still in my household. And while we were married, I brought my teenage daughter in. I didn't raise my children because the domestic violence resulted in my husband then running off with the kids. And they were removed from him for child abuse. He wasn't beating them. He wasn't feeding them, though, and they were not nurtured. So anyway, long story short, it took me a long time to get reconnected with my children but what I did, that I was married to my second husband, mm-hmm. not knowing he was a rapist, and I brought my teenage daughter in the household, he molested her. So basically, I've been through all of that, and it really affected the way I thought about life. But this is the bad part about it. I was clueless as to how all of that mess had affected me. And so everything I saw, everything I perceived around me, was filtered through that trauma. I didn't know my sunglasses were dirty. So nobody could tell me I was seeing wrong. But when your perceptions are all clouded with trauma and pain that you stuff, which is what I did, I stuffed it and thought I was over it 
and that I had dealt with that mess. But what happens is that's the junk that draws stuff into your life. So long story short, I wrote a book called Whose Apple Is It Anyway? Mm. And my sister called me December 17th, 2005, out of the blue and said, Linda, you're going to write a book. She said, this is the catch, though. That book will only progress as you heal. Now, I'm sitting there. I had heard you're going to write a book for my mother some years before. But I'm thinking, okay, as I heal, from what? Mm. (laughs) Right? And so seven years and six days it took me to write that book. But that book was the key to my healing. I wound up having to admit to someone a rape that I had endured some 30 years earlier. Something I had stuffed and thought I was over with, but something that I identified with really deeply because I thought that it was my fault, Mm -hmm. that I deserved it. And it took some guy telling me, Linda, excuse me, but uh, hello. Okay, so you were in that place of your own fruition, but you didn't know that man was a rapist and he has to own the wrong he did to you. Do not take on the responsibility of that wrong as yours. I thought I'd made my bed, I'd die in it. So me having that self-loathing and everything apparently clouded my vision so bad that I married a rapist and didn't know it. So this is just my life epitomizes how our allowing these things and being blind to these things just lead us into more of those things. And it's the reason why the law of attraction doesn't work for a lot of people can't just out a bunch of affirmations that's beneficial okay i'll give you that that's beneficial to some degree but you're not gonna make it through this trauma and grow through this trauma by just spouting a bunch of affirmations making vision boards why is it that i'm in my head wanting wishing and waiting for one thing but all i'm getting is more of the same rot this is what was going on in my life so after i wrote the book i decided that I couldn't change it. I could not change what happened in the past. So for me to stay stuck in the past was not beneficial to me. Mm. So I decided that what I could do is take revenge on my past. And so I decided that now that I know the courage it takes to change your life, then now I want to reach out to other people to help them to root out those mindsets that keep them stuck on the wrong side of destiny's door. Mm. Wow. Wow. So obviously, I, I mean, I read that. And obviously, when it's, it's completely different, when somebody's obviously explaining that I can feel, I, I, I felt something that it gave me goosebumps hearing all of that, because I can't imagine the levels of emotions that you had obviously gone through at different stages of that, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. Oh. But I've been very fortunate to have people on here who have spoken about trauma previously. And it was a new subject to me, if I'm completely honest, because I suppose we're kind of conditioned or maybe it's just the way we cope in life is that we suppress these feelings and emotions almost to a point where we almost try and just forget it. And what you've just explained there is absolutely brilliantly put in terms of that you keep doing the same things again, like you said, for your second marriage as well, the same thing. But I absolutely love the way you just reframed that in terms of now you took revenge on your past and you recognize that the key to your healing was obviously admitting it to yourself which you did through your book, which I'm very, very interested in obviously picking that up. For somebody now then, I'm just thinking of listeners who have potentially gone through one of those things. I mean, you're such a strong woman, by the way, to have just... Oh, thank you. To have gone through all of that and just to be here on the other side. And I acknowledge you for now putting your purpose and your passion to help other people as well. So for anyone who's going through this now, I know trauma is, it's not something we can affirm our ways out of. What could you recommend or what would you recommend? I mean, how could somebody overcome that process of having been through something that they're suppressing, which isn't serving them throughout life? I was watching a movie one day. I forget the name of it, but out of the entire two hours, there was one point where a DC operative was sitting outside of a a government agency and somebody had said, look, dude, I know this stuff went down. This is the truth. This this is a true story. I know this stuff happened. Bam, bam, bam. Here's the proof of it. And the DC operative looked at the reporter and said, some stories are just too true to tell. So in other words, a whole bunch is going to turn on me acknowledging the documentation you've shown me. And it struck me to my heart Because that's the key. This is what I want to tell anybody listening that has been through some stuff that you think you cannot tell. Not 
telling your story is keeping you stuck. The stuff you think is too true to tell is the exact story you need to tell for a couple of reasons. Number one, once you tell that story, it'll come running out of the closet like a little squeaking mouse. And you'll wonder what was the big hoopla all about all these years with me holding this secret. And the second thing is that secret is the key to your purpose. That secret is the key that unlocks your taking revenge on your past. That secret is your freedom. That secret and speaking that out of your mouth is the beginning of loosing the chains that have tied you to your past. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to tell everybody is I get it. I get it. This takes courage. I get it. Okay, I just told you this one story out of my life where I thought something was too true to tell. But guess what? In my case, this book that was a spiritual mandate and part of the reason I breathed and the reason I was born would never have been completed because I didn't have the courage to open my mouth and tell that story straight out point blank exactly the way it happened, not trying to clean it up out of some kind of false sense of shame. You have got to tell that because that's how you take your power back. The other thing I want to tell everybody is hope is key to walking through anything. Hope is key to making it through this process of healing. But hope is like falling asleep at the wheel while you're driving. Anytime I've ever fallen asleep at the wheel of a car, I was clueless that I was even falling asleep or that I was asleep until I was waking up. And that's how hope seeps out of our psyches. Don't allow yourself to stay hopeless because Guess what? This is the deal. This is the power of the process of healing. It's up to you. And nobody can steal the power of your choice to walk through healing. Nobody can steal that from you because that's all up to you. Mm, Absolutely. Linda, that was so beautifully put and articulated. I just want to summarize that just so I am making sense. And obviously, I hope the listeners can take from this. So One of the first beautiful things that you just said there was not telling your story is keeping you stuck. And I can vouch for that on a much lesser scale on on somebody who hasn't suffered the trauma that you've been through. But the moment I started telling people, so I very quickly, I'm just going to segue ever so quickly. I was doing boxing at around the age of 25. It's a very bravado sport. It's a very mm-hmm. masculine sport. And then one of the things that I recognized was in that moment, I was like what I've now found to be an empath. So I was a very emotional guy. I used to get emotional if I used to see people in pain. I used to get emotional and overwhelmed if I seen people happy. It was, it was really strange for me. And alongside that, I suffered massively with anxiety. So I used to be afraid of just simple things. Yet you put me in a ring and I'm having to fight someone. That's absolutely fine. And the moment I started opening my voice and started just telling people, okay, this is actually the real me. This isn't like no facade or anything. The reason this show started growing so much is because it related to so many people. And they were like, oh, actually, I can understand that. And seeing somebody else just take a step forward and say, listen, I will be that person who wears their flaws so you can feel safe and come out with it yourself. I think that is beautiful. That is point number one that you mentioned. It's out in the closet. And then the secret you said is, the key to your purpose becomes apparent the moment you do that and it unlocks your revenge to the past. I think that's absolutely amazing because I'm now on a completely different journey, on a journey that I probably never thought I would have been on, yet I'm so grateful I am and it is only because I come out of the closet with all of my flaws, all of my vulnerabilities and everything I've shared. So I acknowledge you for sharing that. Thank you. And it's something that I hope listeners take away and it's something that I urge people when they listen to this show is, it's called find your voice and it's called write your own story. It truly is about just becoming yourself, understanding who you are and understanding who you are not. And then anything we have in the middle of that, whether it's our trauma, whether it's our past experiences, our limiting beliefs, we can overcome them. I mean, you are living proof of this right this second that you've overcome all of this. And I don't want to completely disregard everything you said in terms of the adversity side, but I do want to touch on something, which was that your first reasons I wanted to really bring you on the show was about your voice and if I may Linda can I just bring that up because I remember when you spoke on another podcast on how you were almost I don't know if if this is the right word afraid to kind of speak because of how you were going to be perceived okay so this is how that goes so I've heard this all my life right 
And I used to sing because I used to write for this group called the Shy Lights. They were very famous in the UK and over here back in the 70s and 80s. You know, have you seen her? Oh, girl, all kind of stuff. So anyway, we wrote with them. So I was working on my singing voice mm. and I would hear people outside at the elevator arguing about that's a man, that's a woman, that's a man, that's a woman. And then one day I was re- after I got married to my second husband, I was practicing and he came in and said, boy, you sound like a man. And I quit practicing my voice right then. Right. So this has been a progression. Okay. And then, so I don't sing anymore. Then, you know, I got on this, not the podcast you mentioned, but I got on the radio. I did this radio to it. Some Fox News program person spent five minutes of the interview accusing me of being a dadgum trans, transvestite. Now, I know darn well who I am. Yes. My behind is in my doggone 60s, and I'm letting some knucklehead Throw me off my square because he wants to be stuck on talking about I'm a transvestite. Mm. I'm just giving it to you in hindsight now. I ain't going to say it didn't hurt. All right. So then for months after that, I'm questioning myself, is my makeup too heavy? Do I look like a transvestite? Do I need to wear my hair a different way? You know, maybe I need to work on my voice. And you know what? After I broke down and cried on that guy's show that you're talking about, it was like, you know what? I can't. Mm. I cannot. I can not because one of the things he asked me was this, Linda, you got your kids telling you, you have a powerful voice. Mm. Then you got your sister telling you she she doesn't hear you as a man. And you got me telling you that it's sultry. Why do you choose to believe the other negative voices over more of the majority of the voices that are telling you there's nothing wrong with your voice. And I had to deal with that. See, I, I hate to come like this, but this is the truth of the matter. There's always going to be something in your life that's going to play on whatever insecurity you have. Mm. And it takes one voice at the right time, at the right point of weakness, as if hitting the target on a bullseye to throw you off your square. And here I am. I can't do a dang thing about my voice and people are going to accept it or not. Just like my kids said, mama, the people you're called to help are not going to hear you like a man. And then the truth of the matter is, bottom line, I don't look like one. So Absolutely. guess what? As long as I look the way I sound, I'm all good with the whole doggone thing. And this is what it is. I don't care what it is about you. It, with you, you it was your voice kind of thing. And then with some people, it's the way they look. So, you know, everybody's going to always have something negative to say about you. But let me ask you this. What are you believing about yourself? That's where life and destiny turn. On what do you believe about yourself? Unless and until I had allowed myself to believe that I was a transvestite because my voice is low, knowing better, gave birth to how many kids? Yeah. Guys, you a transvestite? I said, look, I have two kids. I gave birth to both them children. I felt every bit of that pain. Absolutely. It's what we've got to not do. And I hate to be this adamant about it, but I'm so angry with myself about allowing other people to mess me up like this is that it's not what other people think about us. It's what we think of ourselves yes. that are keeping us back. Okay. Now the great example of how ridiculous this is. Just my situation is so ridiculous because I know I'm a woman. So why did I allow that arrow to pierce my heart like that? Now, I had to really wrestle with what are you believing about yourself, Linda, that allowed that arrow into your heart? Yeah. Okay, let me take it deeper than that. First, let me make it clear to everybody. <laughs> I'm talking very adamantly right now about this situation in my life, but y'all got to know I cried mm. and I hurt and I wrestled for months, not weeks, but freaking months with this mess. So don't feel bad because you're wrestling with it. I'm here to tell you that don't let the negative voices hold you back from the reason you're here. You cannot do that because this is the deal. It's not all about us. My voice and me tripping over my voice is not all about me, but it's all about the people out here that I am breathing to help. The people who will not be helped and 
will not be freed because I shut my voice down. It's about the people and the little girl who's out here suffering right now because some fool has grabbed her and traumatized her that will never grow up to be the woman God created her to be because of that trauma. See, that's what's more important. I had to shift my focus to purpose. I had to shift my focus to the people that are tied to me divinely in God's master plan that I am here to help. And I don't want to slip out of this life. And in just in case y'all don't know, I am a Christian and I understand everybody have different beliefs and I'm not mad at anybody for their beliefs, but I'm talking about me right now. And the truth of the matter is I don't want to take my last breath on earth, exhale in heaven, look at my savior in the face, having explained to him why I was stuck on stupid. And so many people that connected to me in the master plan had to go without. I love that. I absolutely love that. Wow. Okay. Firstly, Linda, I just want to say we and find your voice. We accept you. Secondly, I want to say you are beautiful, not just only on the outside, but on the inside. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I could feel the passion in that because it's almost like in hindsight, we, you're looking back and, and you're frustrated and you're angry, but it was a process that you had to go through. And I just want to quickly say as well, for anyone listening, sadly, like Linda just mentioned there, there are going to be people out there who will play on people's insecurities. I've had people play on my anxiety and my shyness and people will do that, whatever it is. So whether it's the way you look or whether the way you talk. And sadly, in Linda's case, it was to stop her from singing. I don't want anyone who's obviously listening to this show because this is an empowering self-development show to ever allow somebody's opinion. Somebody's Come on. it's not even a fact. Somebody's opinion Come to affect now. you. Absolutely. And I think you said it articulated so beautifully that we have to take that moment, sit with ourselves and think, what do we believe about ourselves? We have to start becoming best friends with ourselves. We have to love ourselves above and beyond everything and all the noise that people are going to give us. I mean, what you're doing now as well, you said it right at the end is you recognize that your voice and purpose is not just about you. It's about the message and the lives that you're changing. And I'm, I'm hearing that and I've listened to you and <laughs> you've given me goosebumps and I've got a jumper on right now. And that's amazing. And also it's going to help so many people who are sitting there who are too shy or too timid because either their father or their mother or their teacher or their friend said that they can't do something or they're not good enough. And I just think that is so beautifully put that what you did is you thought okay this is me you can't change your voice like you said i can't change the way i look i can't i can't change the fact that i get emotional if i see somebody happy or i get emotional if someone's crying so what i would do is embrace that and i and i will share that with the world absolutely there you go there you go let me tell you let me tell you audience look let's sum it up like this never judge yourself by somebody else's opinion Mm. of you Okay. Never judge yourself by somebody else's opinion of you. Second thing is opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. (laughs) Yes. I love it. All right. Okay. And just because they've got an opinion, I don't care how adamantly or emphatically they express that opinion. It may be wrong. Mm. And so if they talk about Jesus Christ, who are we? We're going to get talked about too. It's probably because you're doing something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And on that, I have a, a few mantras in my life. And one of them is just opinions aren't facts. Just take them in and let them go. And I always use that analogy. And I always think about when somebody says something to me, where are they coming from? What is their intention yes. behind Come what they're saying? Now. And that is really, really important. And I suppose... I probably wouldn't have done this 10, 15 years ago and I'm grateful for self-awareness and learning and listening to people like yourself where you actually start to recognise actually their opinion holds no value and it's not going to add to my life and my purpose is to, similar to yourself, is to try and just help people overcome those those moments. Like I said, I'm three years too late on my podcast and I I kick myself for that, that I let somebody say, nobody's going to listen to you when you speak. And now I have 5,000 people listening to me on a weekly basis. So I'm like, well, it kind of worked out for me. So if we can all embrace that and we can all do it, then obviously, you know, we, we can live our purpose. So on that as well, I want to segue into something a bit more positive as well, because you're actually doing an amazing job in terms of putting content out there for changing lives. So we spoke briefly and I don't want to poke it, but but you're you're releasing it. <laughs> but you're... Yeah, you get ready to poke Okay, I might have to poke it just ever so slightly because you're bringing out an audio book as well. So it's, I assume your second book, but could you just tell people maybe what a life is like now then on a day-to-day basis for yourself, please? Okay, so yeah, I am working on audio book, but it's for the first book. Okay. Apple is it anyway. It's, it's one of those things that 
like you said, you're kicking yourself because you're three years too late on your podcast. Well, don't worry about it. In the overall scheme of purpose, those three years are not wasted. And I have been really bugged because, like my daughter, for instance, she even growing up in, in high school, she's never been one to like to read. And so she hasn't even read my book. So there are people out there who prefer to listen. And I've been kind of worried. Well, let me put it like this. I know I should have done this forever ago. Yes. Because there are people who need that book who are not going to sit down and read it. So that's what I've been doing. And I've been having a lot of audio problems, all kind of mess. It's a learning curve because I'm recording it. I'm mastering it. I'm producing it all myself. So it's just been a real challenge. I've been doing halfway decently at keeping my focus through it all. But what was your other question? So that was one thing I wanted you to mention the audiobook, and I'm glad you actually just said that because if I try and read a book, I fall asleep very quickly, but I love listening to books. And I think because your story is so powerful and it's so true and authentic, we need to hear you say them words and actually wait for your audio. So no pressure, Linda. We've got everyone waiting for you on that one. Okay. And just my second question, I'm intrigued by people who overcome adversity and have that level of mindset because I feel you've built that resilience now you're in a much better place you're handling your limiting beliefs and one of the things I want to give my listeners is tangible takeaways so it could just be as simple as I meditate or I journal I just want to see what kind of things successful people do on a daily basis that maybe the listeners could just take into their lives so if you could just explain like a normal day in the life of Dr Linda Williams okay and see I get this question a lot on interviews and then I have to just be honest with please do Please do. I get up in the morning and whatever happens, happens. I I am not even going to sit up here and lie and tell somebody I get up, I meditate for 30 minutes, I have my coffee, I read my Bible, I read a book. <laughs> I ain't going to tell that dang lie. Now, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Doing that stuff is very beneficial mm. to have a schedule and regiment and focus and list and all of that. That's cool for anybody that does that. That's very beneficial. But it just that kind of regimen never worked in my life. So anything I've done writing with famous, um, what do you call Grammy? Mm-hmm. The guy I used to write with is a Grammy Award winner. OK, so stuff like that. I just stumbled into even when I was a hot mess walking toe up from the flow up I was walking into those kind of opportunities so in my life I wake up and the last thing then the thing that I've been really focused on lately can I be honest with you please do keeping my sanity mm. you could read in the little note I sent you on LinkedIn that I was at the end of my freaking rope ladder <laughs> which is why which is why I didn't want to poke it but I thought the oh listeners need to hear <laughs> oh you guys don't even know see I ain't even gonna lie to y'all it, the easiest thing for me to do is to go off cuss the air blue yell and scream up here by myself and I fight and focus on not going there not getting that frustrated that is just something i have to do for my own sanity and then just so you guys can also know maybe this will be helpful to somebody it took me over 40 years to realize that i'm depression prone Mm. so any sudden life change that would be a negative thing would generally throw me into a nervous breakdown and I've had several of those in my life. And once I realized that depression was nipping at my heels like a blood crazed pit bull, I had to realize that I had to make certain life changes. So I just had to accept, okay, Linda, you're depression prone. So lately, every October, I go through this. And so lately, all I've been doing is trying to understand that, Linda, you have got to deal with this depression and I'm not on meds. So I've been exercising and really trying to fight to keep my focus and keep myself sane through people banging outside, changing the side and messing me (laughs) up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Audio issues, you guys, you all don't even know. The same microphone setup I had was using two years ago, just all of a sudden is not working and I need high quality. So it's just, so this is the deal. Lately, what Linda has been doing is trying to stay sane. (laughs) It's the test, Linda. The universe is testing you right now. It's been rough too much. You don't even know. 
You don't even know. So, I mean, I guess out of all of this diatribe here, it really is on my heart to tell people sometimes your depression and stuff is physiological. It's just something that's happening in your brain, okay? Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't kick yourself about it, shouldn't feel bad about it, shouldn't be ashamed about it. Be sure to go to your doctor and discuss it, and they'll know how to take you, what, what to have you do after that. But when you got physiological, you know, cognitive stuff going on like that, you have to know know it so that you can know how to cope with it in the moment. So just just so everybody know, don't kick your behind because you're going through something. And if you see a pattern like me where it's going to happen in every October and November, then you need to kind of figure out what kind of things went on in your life in the past in those months. You know, my mother died a year ago and I don't have any particular schedule or what I do, but but the the key th- thing is because I'm a hothead, I have to stay focused. Mm, mm. Well, firstly, I, I appreciate your uh, honesty and transparency because that's sometimes good to hear as well. Because I I suppose a lot of entrepreneurs they have like a very regimented date. So I wake up, I read, I, I exercise, I do X, Y, and Z. And what happens is when you try and incorporate all of those things, it becomes very overwhelming and almost consuming. Whereas the reason I ask is because I just want listeners just to take one thing out of it. And it could actually be the fact that actually I don't need to be as regimented as the next person. I could be a little bit more like Linda where I'm focusing more on my sanity, which I, if I'm being completely honest, okay. is the best <laughs> It's the best way to be. Absolutely. And just also, I think, think you're just a fighter. I, you know, I mentioned boxing earlier. I think you'd be a fantastic boxer if ever you stepped in the ring because you just keep going and going regardless of what obviously life is throwing your way. Oh, can you hold that thought real quick? Because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to unpack this boxing thing. Please do. Okay, so the first husband I had, that was the domestic violence situation. Mm-hmm. And I've got a child with him. And so I just want to tell the audience that when you walk through healing, you don't necessarily keep holding grudges. He remarried and he's been married for over 25 years to the same woman. So his life is going better than mine. And he and his wife both hosted me for dinner when I was in San Antonio for my job. And I spent the best evening with the both of them. And he explained to me that he used to box because he had a bunch of anger in him and that he was so sorry for how he treated me. And he explained, he said, Linda, I just had so much anger. And that was his way of dealing with it was through his boxing. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't have as much anger, but, yeah, I could take a joker down in the <laughs> ring. Sometime. I have no Should have been in the ring last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Not a problem at all. But um, I actually resonate with that. But more importantly, I just want to take a beautiful message from that is that you mentioned that through the healing process now, you no longer have a, a grudge. And it's basically, I'm assuming, forgiveness, which I think is brilliant. Yes. And it's something that, so I'm 56 episodes in now. And on the 100th episode, I want to speak about myself. So I never share my actual story on Find Your Voice. And I'm, I'm kind of saving it. And my okay. my actual main story of dealing with trauma, with I think about probably six people know in the world, it is about forgiveness. Because I realize forgiveness is yes. the most powerful thing ever and as a guy who yes. obviously went through boxing and, I, and I'm not going to lie I had an ego because I I was considered what they call in England um, a pretty boy which means you look very very oh, young oh look like, out oh, now oh no <laughs> 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 nothing like that well, we know what that yeah is. so I used to look very young I used to if there, was, if there was ever scuffles or stuff, I would always be the one targeted first. So I always had this thing where I felt I needed to protect myself and stuff. Yeah. So I had this bit of a chip on my shoulder, I suppose. And when I learned how to fight yep. and box, long story short is when I forgave, my life changed because those three years where I had resentment and disgust and I had this hatred towards a person who had did me wrong, it was the worst three years of my life. I was having nightmares. I was bitter. I was not a nice person to be around. And to be able to come out the other side of that, I can't explain the benefits. So if there's somebody is listening now, if you have the ability to forgive, don't wait for episode 100. Listen to what Linda just said there. She has dealt with that trauma to just say, actually, do you know what? I forgive you. And I think that's beautiful because what it actually does is, Linda, it allows you to move forward with your life. And you mentioned that his life was better than yours. Well, I don't think so because I think you're on Find Your Voice and I think your life can't really get much better right this second. So You're right. <laughs> I know, but, you know, I don't know where you wanted to go with this conversation, but if you don't mind, could we sit on this forgiveness for just a minute? Okay, everybody, everybody, if you can hear us right now, 
please understand that forgiveness is a three-part process, okay? First of all, forgiveness is a decision you make. It does not mean that you condone what they did, telling them it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're completely going to, everything's going to change in your life and you're never going to face another consequence for whatever wrong they did to you. It's just an empowering step where you say, I forgive you. Mm. Now, whether you say that to that person or just to yourself, I forgive you. The next step is then you have to heal your heart. So my thing is this. I forgave my first husband for beating me up. I forgave my second husband for all the ways he mistreated me. But then every time another consequence of that wrong came up and I went reeling emotionally, I thought I had to go back and forgive again. And that's not the deal. So for me, the way that looked was I forgive you. Mm. And then for me, I had to say, Lord, please help me see my ex-husband the way you see him. Because I believe that we all come here, some people call it a blank slate. We come here empowered with every skill, ability. Our personalities when we first come here are perfect for the reason why we were born, for our purpose in life. And then life twists us out of that mess. Okay, and then we become we think we're the person we get twisted into. So I ask God to help me see him the way God saw him and see God's going to see no matter even the worst murderer. He's going to see what he created. God didn't create no murderer. Oh, uh, you're born a murderer. Please give me a break. You know, so once I began to see past all of the wrongs and the hurt and the bad behavior, then I got compassion for the man. And out of that compassion that I began to be able to heal. And so even the guy that was the rapist and, and molested my child, I have been in touch with. There's no more anger and hurt and pain. And my sister is still in awe about that. For her, she, and Linda, it's amazing. She said, you are the epitome of what God means. You are. What he says to forgive. But you know what? I can't because it'll kill me. I got a baby sister. I'm going to get a little emotional here. I got a baby sister who's 10 years my junior who is dead right now because she couldn't forgive. She couldn't let it go. Okay? Precious woman of God. I talk about her in my book. And she's pushing up daisies now because she couldn't forgive. And somewhere in my soul, I knew that if I didn't forgive and walk through this, hear me, y'all, hear me now, process of healing, process is not automatic with a magic wand or a prayer line or laying on a hand. It's a process. Unless I went through the process of healing, I knew it would be me that would be dead. I knew my health depended on it. Okay? I love my baby sister. And the hardest thing for me to do is to sit in that room and watch her take her last breath. But if we all understood that not forgiving sets up something in our own DNA mm. and that it's going to take us out, we would take it more seriously. I just want to encourage anybody who's gone through any kind of trauma, rape, molestation, whatever wrong you've endured in your life, Whatever wrong seems to be following you around in your life, number one, is not your fault. They have to own that wrong, okay? You are guilty of nothing else but putting yourself in trust in that person, okay? The other thing is forgiveness is a decision. It doesn't mean every goddamn going to change. It doesn't mean you're not going to have emotional repercussions. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have real-life repercussions of that. Yeah. But every time you deal with the repercussions, doesn't mean you have to go back and forgive, Ask God to let you see that person the way he sees them. Get that compassion in your heart and walk through the process of healing. And that's what I'm here for. This is what I'm here for. Nobody has to take 50 years of their life to be healed. Nobody has to take 50 years of their lives to live their purpose. I've already been stuck on stupid. I've done all of that. And so that's what I'm called to. People who have been through something and to walk them through that door of destiny that they were born to walk through.
I'm so sorry. No, that you have nothing to apologize for. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that message. And if there is anyone going through this, I just need you to just even rewind that and just get that in your head. You've just seen the devastation that it's obviously caused to your sister, but you've also seen how many years it's affected your life. I mean, I briefly touched on mine. It affected me for three years. It's affected you for longer than that. And there's multiple decades. Absolutely. And the whole purpose of this show is we bring people on so you don't have to waste decades. You don't have to let that's this right. thing consume you. Let this thing eat you away because that's what it that's will right. do. And you've said some beautiful things in terms of it's a decision. And when you recognize that actually it's not your fault and they have to own yes. that wrong, it, it's so powerful. And just very briefly on my one, I actually spoke to the person. And when I did that, I can't explain the feeling. And you'll know this feeling because you've been through the process. It's just like so much lighter and you just become Yeah, that's beautiful. exactly what I felt. It's beautiful. And if I never did it, just a very, very quick one. I knew my wife at that time and I was not a man worthy of marrying her at that particular time because of my traits and my anger and my issues and stuff. And very quickly, as we started going out, that's when I did the forgiveness and my whole life changed because now we've been happily married for five years and I'm, I'm in wow. the best state of my life because of that. So if you want beautiful things to happen to you, if you want your life to change and not be stuck in it for decades, we have to learn to forgive. So thank you for even just sharing that process. And I appreciate you sharing that story as well, because I can only imagine how it feels. So thank you. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm over here choked up. Bless um, you. Bless you. I, can I explain something to people? I need to really say this here. Because I want people to walk with value from this interview. Mm. This is how it works. The reason the law of attraction is not working for a lot of people is because there are two types of expectations. This is just real here, you guys. You have your conscious expectations and you have your subconscious expectations. Our lives are reflective of the subconscious expectations. Let me explain to you what I mean. For me. I kept getting into these unaffirming relationships with these knuckleheads that really didn't deserve me. Okay. But I didn't know that in my head, I was wishing, waiting and praying for different. I wanted better in my head. My expectation was a good man, a man of God, a man who knew how to love a well-adjusted man. But I couldn't understand why, even though that's what I wanted, I kept pulling this other crud into my life. It was because of my subconscious expectations. Now, subconscious expectations are the defenses we build up. I'm never going to let them do that to me again. Holding grudges. Yeah, this man did this. This man did that to me. Um, Not admitting that rape for 30 years and thinking I deserved to be sodomized till I was bleeding. Okay, all of that was inside me building up the subconscious expectations. See, the law of attraction says that it's what your subconscious expectations are focused on that are the things you bring into your life. And that's why I say affirmations and spitting this out, spitting that out and vision boards and all of that mess is not going to overcome the subconscious expectations that we have inside. See, we're not aware of those, but that's what's reflected in our daily lives. For me, it turned out that I married a rapist. Mm. I was stopping a freaking rape, thinking I was over it, and I married a rapist. So That's just a hardcore example of how this works. That's why we're frustrated with, you know, in the church, we call it, you know, naming and claiming or, uh, you know, manifesting, you know, I mean, whatever name you put on it. If you're not seeing in your life the things you consciously want, then you have to deal with what's going on deep inside your soul. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. On top of that, in order to change our subconscious, I heard somebody else speak about this and he speaks about to heal a wound, you must first feel a wound. And he Mm -hmm. talks about in order to unpack our trauma and our wounds, we need to really go deep and back into that rather than suppressing it. We need to literally feel it, it, hear it, see it and all of that. And that's pretty much what you're saying there. So yes, the affirmations will work, but not unless we go deeper first in order to really go through that process of obviously coming over the trauma. Yeah, anything else is just a band-aid over a gaping wound. You know, if we can't face it, God can't fix it. But you have to face it first. The reason why I'm very reluctant about the A, B, C, D is that every human being is different. Sometimes we've experienced the same traumas. 
but we're different human beings. We're different people. So the way you unpack that trauma takes skill. Yes. Yes. See, I'm a trained psychotherapist as well, and I'm a behaviorist. So I've had all of that training and everything. So I know that you can damage somebody for life if you unpack that wrongly. Mm, absolutely. All right. Mm. So I'm telling people, you have to just take step freaking one. Did I stuff it or have I dealt with it? Two different things. Now, let me explain this to everybody. You mentioned earlier about sometimes we just stuff stuff to get through life. In the moment of the trauma, what helps us, it's an automatic helpful mechanism to go into denial, to stuff it, to put it aside so that it doesn't break our minds, okay? But when you maintain that stance throughout life, it becomes maladaptive. It's no longer adaptive for you. And when we don't deal with pain and we stuff it, I could have gone through something in 1979. In 2009, somebody says the wrong thing on my job and I'm off and running as if I'm way back in 1979 again. Maladaptive. Yes. Okay. Yes. So no, there is no, and don't let anybody tell you there's an ABC to this mess. Because a trained psychotherapist will know how to walk you through that specific to your situation and specific, specifically how you adapted to that trauma. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And like you mentioned, we're in a very quick instant gratification world where we want everything yes. yesterday. And you said three things there, which I'm just going to quickly summarize. So the first one is to face it. The second is to say the story too true to say to somebody you trust and then the third one is to obviously seek professional help. Now, each of those three things, I'm glad you outlined them. They can take a different time depending on the type of person you are and the trauma that you've been through. And I think if we can all recognize that, but recognize we have to go through those, let's just call them steps just for ease of language. Mm -hmm. yeah, we have to absolutely. go through the face it, the say, and then seeking the help. And regardless of who you are, you have to start with face it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Linda, you've been through more stuff. I mean, if there was a, a film written about your life, people would say it's not believable because yeah. bless you, you've been through so much. But at the same time, and I mean this with the utmost respect and I don't mean this in a wrong way, I'm kind of glad you went through what you did in order to bring mm -hmm. you here today to be able to spread your message because it's your trauma and it's your adversity that's going to change millions and millions of people's lives. Having been through everything you've been through, and let's put audiobooks aside. What is your biggest fear right now? My biggest fear. I'm going to use the word fear, even though I'm not really sitting over here shaking in my yeah. boots about it. My biggest fear is to take my last breath with some aspect of my purpose unfulfilled. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And what I'm doing now, Linda, is I'm segueing into part of the show, which is very unorthodox. And it's what I like to call the fun part of the show, just to kind of spice things up again, because yep. the stories that we have on here are very emotive. And we've just been on a massive roller coaster of a journey. But I want people to get to know the fun side of Linda as well, okay. because there is a fun side there. There is this bubbly person. So what I'm going to do is for the next 60 to 90 seconds, I'm going to ask you a whole array of random questions, just very random questions off my phone. Gotcha. You've got to answer it in one sentence or one word only. Oh, great. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> okay, are we ready? Yep, go. Excellent. We're going to go in three, two, one. Okay, Linda, what is your favorite motivational speaker? Linda. What is your favorite book? I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Dancing. Who is your biggest role model? Maya Angelou. Linda, what would you like to be remembered for? Destiny. If you could relive one day again, what day would it be? The day I turned my back on who I was. The ability to fly or be invisible. Invisible. The number one thing that annoys you. Stuck on stupid. Money or fame. Fame. Your proudest moment. When I wrote with the shy lights. Your favorite food. Chicken. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Animals. What song best describes your life? I will survive. Mm, absolutely. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Kicking back, eating bonbons. <laughs> Love that. What is your biggest addiction? Carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> your number one piece of advice to your children? 
Live your purpose. If you could sit with one person in the world, dead or alive, for an hour, who would it be? Martin Luther King. And finally, Linda, would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When? Carbohydrates, then. I think that's probably one of my biggest addictions <laughs> as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So we're kind of coming towards the end of the show, sadly, now. And I've just got two more questions for you, if I may, Linda. So... Yes. The next question is about reflection. So we've spoken a lot about hindsight and we've spoken about the benefits of it. Obviously, hindsight teaches us ways to get to where we are quicker, easier or with less heartache. But I also believe the journey teaches us so much as well. I mean, everything kind of, I suppose, happens for a reason. So what I want to know is with all your wisdom and everything that you know today, if you could go back maybe to a younger Linda Williams, maybe in your teenage years or your early 20s, what would you say? Go back and get that little girl you left behind because she is more than enough and you will not accomplish your journey, your mission or your purpose without her. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And that does sadly actually bring us towards the last question of the show. And this is one I ask all of my guests and it's about legacy. And if in 150 years time, Linda, science fails to save us and all that exists is this book and this book is about your life. And it's about all the amazing, wonderful things that you've done and achieved in your life. Firstly, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? She did it anyway. The summary says, don't believe the lie that fear is the end of your story. I love that. I love that. And just before I give the listeners a chance to follow your story, because I think your story is absolutely fantastic. This has gone beyond my expectations. I was so excited to have you on the show when I initially reached out. No, you're very welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I just want to ask, are there any questions or is there any last messages you want to leave with the audience today that I may not have given you a chance to explain? Yeah, I want everybody to understand that, you know, fear is part of the process of reaching your purpose and your destiny. And I want you to view it as a smoke screen. You know that smoke screen can block your view, but you know that there's no resistance in it. Yes. And that if you just push past and walk through that smoke screen on the other side of fear is always your destiny. The second thing is destiny never looks the way you think it will. It never does. And the third thing is I don't care if you're 99, if you're breathing with a belly button, it's not too late. Then finally, go to whosapple.org to contact you wish i'd be happy to help you out if i can absolutely absolutely so just to quickly summarize that there is part of the process smoke screen can block your view but there's no resistance in it i love that analogy destiny never looks the way you think it is and it's never too late so what i'm gonna do is actually because i've been stalking linda for the best part of the last month in a nice way of course and i've got all of your links and put everything in the show notes as well for the listeners to make it nice and easy to connect with you i urge everyone to follow your journey i'm a massive fan i can't wait till your audiobook comes out i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on this show and i want to thank all the listeners at home thank you for listening it's been my honor And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.